When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. And we welcome in on that note, Field Gates. Yeah. <laughs> That's a high bar I have to meet right there. The standards here are incredibly high. I can tell. And may I say, and I'm glad that we have the opportunity to start right with this. No. That suit is fantastic. Thank you. That is a fantastic color. I love the way you paired the tie with the suit. I have only been on campus a couple months since I've moved here. Right. I am quickly becoming known as the guy who is just more than willing to touch other fabric. Okay. Men. Men. Yeah. Well, no, I gave you the big hug. I already did it. That's a good point. I caught oh, you off guard. Now I knew what you, you were You were like, doing. oh, you're coming in for the hug. I wanted to feel the fabric. It's, it's, the yeah. fabric is beautiful. You look wonderful. Is this new? Because uh, this you're doing a lot of TV new. today. This is not new. Let me ask you something. I know Pantone is used when describing different colors of mm. paint. Does it also apply to different colors of suits or yeah. not? Okay. Oh, yeah. You this can come is up with Fortin any. Blue is what color it is. You're calling that Fortin Blue? Fortin Blue. No, it's I, I'm not calling it that. It's what, it's what it is. Get the hell out of here. It's named after me. It's named after There's you. There's a type of blue named after me. <laughs> Fortin Blue or Fortin did you say blue. Fountain Blue? No, Fortin Blue. Fountain Blue. I believe that's a, a an apartment building in Las Vegas, right? In a hotel and a casino? Hotel, casino, yeah. 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 I didn't realize this. I, I can't believe I've been walking around all this time wearing suits not knowing that. Yeah. I mean, Carlin, this I is got, I got now. a Carlin cream suit as well. It's <laughs> We're fully stocked over at the Yates residence. Kids in suits. That's all we have. My, I believe that color, the Carly Cream, kind of like a seersucker. Yeah. Yeah. A very breathable fabric. Would, would we, you say, we have Joe, some that. Sun here. that would be, you know, we can wear a seersucker suit. Seersucker's coming around. Yeah. yeah. It's almost seersucker season. Uh, Joe, would you uh, say that the Yaters would approve of this suit that he's wearing today? Oh, he looks, he looks dynamite. I saw, I, here's how you can, here's how you can tell. When you see him on TV and mm. you hate him just a little bit before you 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 like you compliment the suit, that's how you know it looks good. Because I saw you today, I, I was like, I kind of hate the fact that you look that good. Wow. Okay. Well, listen. This that's is, a con- it's a con- it's meant as a compliment. Right. I hate you because of how good you look. Right. You know. So but, it's really love. Yeah. But the two of you, I mean, think about what you guys should bring to the table every day. Like you have literally innumerable pocket squares. There's a box around the corner I'll show you. A literal really? a box, a, a moving box. box filled with pocket squares. So you should not be the one to hate on others for every once in a while. Like, not often, but every once in a while, bring it, bringing it on the fashion side. It's very well said. Thank you. Well, we, well we don't search for joy in our own lives. We search for joy out of the <laughs> hatred of others. Yeah, that's yeah. also well said. A spite. Spite is a very underrated emotion. <laughs> Field Yates, ESPN NFL Insider, co-host of the First Draft Podcast, is with us in studio. It's Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio. And Field's latest mock draft is out at ESPN.com. All right, Fields, you got five quarterbacks in the first round with Williams, Jaden Daniels, Drake May, J.J. McCarthy, Bo Nix. Is it even remotely debatable 
that Caleb Williams is clear-cut number one in this draft? I don't think so, based off of the tape that we saw this past season, which is saying something because Caleb Williams was that much better in 2022 than he was in 2023, but he met a borderline and possibly high standard to repeat with all the infrastructure that was no longer there in 2023, including Jordan Addison, a first-round wide receiver who had a terrific year for the Vikings. That's the nature of college football. Guys come and they go, not just because of graduation, but also now with the transfer portal. But Jaden Daniels did as much as one could possibly do to boost a draft stock in the course of one season. The last player that I can recall that had that kind of astronomical rise was Joe Burrow, who, like Jaden Daniels, of course, finished his college career at LSU after starting at a different school. In the case of Jaden Daniels, people might know him. He's kind of the old hat, right? He played at Arizona State as a true freshman. The guy was a day one starter there for Herm Edwards, goes to LSU for two seasons, and he got remarkably better not just from the beginning of his first season to the end of his time at LSU, but even from game one to open this year, they played Florida State in week zero. That's a way different version of Jaden Daniels than we saw in the last month and a half, two months of the season when he was the best player by far in college football. That, that defense stunk at LSU. Awful. He did not have any Booger McFarlane or game. Ryan Clarks or, or Marcus uh, Spears. Okay, okay. That's laying it on too thick. Yeah, it's, there's a lot of great LSU defenders. We don't immediately know, need to go to the ones that work at ESPN. <laughs> Sorry. The Honey Badger. <laughs> there's I a say? few others. Yeah, I guess. Okay. So, <laughs> I take yeah. Ryan Clark still, but what do I know? Right. <laughs> the Jaden Daniels thing fascinates us because knuckleheads like Carlin and I were led yeah. to believe from the beginning it was Caleb Williams number one, Drake May number two, yeah. and then Jaden Daniels came on strong. You've got him number two. The gap between Williams to Daniels, is it the type of gap that's close enough where if you're Washington, you say, you know what? We feel good about Daniels at two. Right. Why give up all these assets to go up to one? Because it's a lot closer than people think what you were alluding to. To me, that's the most important gap that matters, right? Because ultimately, Washington has to make a decision. We're all going to connect the dots between Caleb Williams and Cliff Kingsbury because Cliff spent this past year on USC's staff working with Caleb Williams directly. Caleb Williams can simultaneously be the clear-cut number one player on the board, but also not so much further ahead of the rest of the field that to me it will be irresponsible to move up from two to one because we know what the cost is going to be. If you're Washington and you call Chicago and you say, we want to pick one, what you are telling Chicago in fairly certain terms is, yeah, the world thinks there's three great quarterbacks in this draft class. We think there's one. And Chicago says, all right, fine. If you think there's one, you're going to have to pay full freight and then some to acquire that player. Let's assume it's Caleb Williams. If I'm Washington, based off of my evaluation of Jaden Daniels, I sit comfortably knowing that if Chicago takes Caleb Williams, I've got the potential to have a franchise-altering quarterback at a very early stage in his career in Jaden Daniels. By the way, feel pretty darn good about Drake May as well. Okay, so, so he's close in there as well. It's close. To me, okay. I actually have Jaden Daniels and Drake May as my third and fourth best prospects overall on the entire board. So it's not like normally quarterback three in a draft class could be 15th, 18th best player in the entire class. That's not the case this year. There is plenty to like about Drake May. Timing does impact things in the draft. We saw this last year with Will Levis, who had a disappointing final college season, drops into the second round. It won't be that precipitous. For Drake May, but the reality is that this past season, Drake May was not nearly the performer that Jaden Daniels was. He surges. Drake May has this tiny, tiny dip. That's why he's going to New England at pick three rather than potentially Chicago at pick one or even Washington at pick two.
Field Yates, ESPN NFL insider with us, co-host of the First Draft Podcast. As we said, his uh, mock draft is up now on ESPN.com. J.J. McCarthy, he is uh, your fourth quarterback off the board, uh, and you've got him going to Sean Payton, if I'm not mistaken, in the Broncos uh, in this mock draft. Is this about a great fit, or is this about the talent level of McCarthy being the fourth best quarterback? I'm not going to lie to you guys. I had to kind of jam these quarterbacks into the order sooner than I probably would have if I were just doing these picks based off of value. But the Mock Broncos, draft's not so easy. You're not finding so easy, out. Especially, and I'm not trying to, this is just the rules. We don't do trades in our first mock drafts Correct. here at ESPN. Right. So when we get closer to the draft and you can manipulate the board, it helps find guys at the right value spot. But That's when we start shooting from the hip. No doubt. I can't wait <laughs> for those That's where we days. get real loose <laughs> yes, we, with the evaluation. It's going to be all kinds of fun then. It's going to be like Mardi Gras for mock drafts. Uh, so J.J. McCarthy going 12th overall is reflective of this reality. If you're the Denver Broncos, you have a Russell Wilson-sized problem this offseason at quarterback. He ain't it, at least in the eyes of Sean Payton. They made that very clear when they benched him this past season. Moving off from Russ is both necessary but painful from the salary cap standpoint, on top of an already precarious salary cap situation in Denver. So on top of the fact that you don't have a bunch of money, you also don't have a bunch of veteran quarterbacks that you can opt for because, as we know, it's very rare for good veteran quarterbacks to either hit free agency or be easily available via a trade. Then you don't have a second-round pick. You trade that second-round pick to acquire Sean Payton in the first place. So if you don't pick a quarterback at number 12 overall, you are talking about waiting until around pick 76 in the draft. How many 76th quarterbacks or 76 overall players that aren't named Russell Wilson end up having an immediate impact? That was part of the reason why Russell's story was so improbable. As guys in the third round of quarterback never become immediate big-time winners or very rarely do. So if you're Denver and you want to win next year, Sean Payton wanted to win this past year. They did not end up winning enough to make the playoffs. They don't want to take a step back. They want to be good this season. That might mean forcing the issue at pick 12 like J.J. McCarthy a lot. I think it's probably too rich for my blood and an all-things-being-equal world. The NFL is not an all-things-being-equal world. Okay. I want to connect some dots here. Okay. Washington Huskies, yep. offensive coordinator Ryan Grubb. Yeah. He's leaving to go to the University of Alabama to follow Kalen DeBoer at the last second. Pivot, yep. as they say. He goes and joins the Seattle Seahawks as their new offensive coordinator right. under new head coach Mike McDonald. Uh, Bo Nix played at Oregon. But more importantly, Washington quarterback Michael Penix played with Grubb in Washington. Do we connect those dots? Is that what Seattle could be thinking post-Geno Smith? i got to be honest with you. With Geno at the age of 33, not a lot of tread on the tires, two years left in his current contract, and the fact that Geno Smith played awesome last year. I know the numbers don't support the same level of season as it was a year prior to that, but he was still terrific in my eyes, and this defense is just terrible. I mean, this defense is bad. They were bad last year. Now, they've got some difference-making players, but it was the fact that the players that weren't difference-makers were... Uh, maybe they were difference-makers, but in a negative way, right? Bad difference. Yep, bad difference. So certainly hiring Mike McDonald, their new head coach, is a massive, massive game-changer for them, but I don't think that they can address quarterback that early because they have too many other needs. Now, I did not give them a defensive guy in my first mock draft. Mm. I gave him Brock Bowers from Georgia, who's just too good to pass up at that point. I wanted to find a spot for Brock higher than pick 16, but it's hard to do so when, A, there are a lot of really, really good players at more premium positions, meaning specifically quarterback, wide receiver, and offensive tackle that are going to go ahead of him, and B, you know the NFL, like 
teams may not feel as great about using early picks on tight ends, given some of the recent scar tissue experience from a player like Kyle Pitts, who some of the same calculus applied to, right? And that might be more of an Arthur Smith referendum than it is a Kyle Pitts referendum. And yet, I think NFL teams might say to themselves, if it's Travis Kelsey, we'll take him in the first 10 picks, right? But are we certain this is Travis Kelsey? And if it's not, can we really justify that when we've seen teams really make hay second, third, fourth, fifth round at tight ends, including the likes of Sam Laporta last year, George Kittle in the fifth round, guys like, I mean, even going, well, I guess not further back than that, Mark Andrews, third round pick. There have been some really, really good players that have not been premium picks at tight end that have really paid off. Field, uh, the Bo Nix thing I think is interesting. You've got him going 20 to the Steelers. Yep. Now, we, we as you just laid out, can't make any trades in the draft itself. Are they better off drafting another quarterback two years after uh, Pickett or going out and getting a veteran, making a trade for Justin Fields or, you know, Kirk Cousins on a short-term yeah. type deal? Other than the fact that I could, you notice the big fella ran out of breath on that question. There, <laughs> by the end, he was like, "Oh, exactly." Uh, it was not a half marathon. It was not regulating my own breath well leading up <laughs> he to that. He was like, "Ran out of like, breath." <laughs> I, I, you know what? The reality is, my mock draft took your breath away. <laughs> it really did. Um, other really than not, did. yeah, other than not having a Rutgers player in my first round mock draft. Well, that's your problem, that not mine. Me. No, listen. I'll tell you what. Now, uh, Max Melton's not going to have to wait too long to hear his name called. Those Melton go. brothers can there certainly play, uh, but. Um, probably the pick that I felt least excited about was Bo Nix to Pittsburgh because mm. I, I wrote this out and no one ever reads the text. They just get mad online when they see the picks, which yeah. is fine. That comes with the territory. It's all good. Um, Not going to read these words. Yeah, it's more representative <laughs> of the concept that the Steelers must keep swinging. They can't settle for Kenny Pickett as their starting quarterback going into next year. And I couldn't, in this exercise, trade them Justin Fields. That would be my first plan, would be to explore, even if it's limited, that limited quarterback trade market. And by the way, Fields might be appealing to Pittsburgh because of the upside. And and Chicago may say, you know, teams always would prefer to trade a player out of the conference just because you don't have to see him nearly as frequently. So... I couldn't do that with Bo Nix. I get it. There are people that feel like his upside is comparable to what Kenny Pickett's upside was coming into the NFL, a experienced, accurate, sort of like, you know, so-so in some ways quarterback prospect, at least relative to the upside of the guys we were talking about earlier. I hear you. Uh, it was my least exciting pick, but the Steelers, I couldn't have them bypass a quarterback without acknowledging that going back to Kenny Pickett is not a winning strategy for 2024. Can I, what do I have to do to officially become a Yater? Well, I can send you a t-shirt. That'd be great. I, that would be great. I think I saw a picture 4X? somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. 4X? Do you make them in the size of a tent? 4X. Come on now. 4X. 4X. <laughs> Listen, I've seen you recently. That's that's double at most. Maybe a single X. You don't, yeah, have, to, really, you don't have to pander to him. Boy, that's so We're going to have you back regardless. It's a great you're segment. Adorable. Oh, really? Fine. Well, you're still my favorite of the two hosts on this show. <laughs> Awesome stuff, Phil. Appreciate it, brother. We're going to be talking a lot in the next couple of months, that's for uh, sure. Can't wait. You look great. Thank Field you. Yates. You don't have to pander to me. I'm done. I, I just I just you want you to, to know. Back you look that good. People should be complimenting. I look forward. I cannot wait to watch ESPN bet later. Five o'clock tonight? How the hell did you know that? I got, you. I got, got sources. You got bumped up and you know it? I got sources. Sources. For half an hour. Guess what? Yeah. Best bet tonight? Lacrosse pick. First ever in show history. Is that right? That's Shout out to the PLL. Yeah.
Yeah, Love PLL, it. big games tonight, two big of them. Big games, yeah, with some funky scoring involved. It's going to be great. I That's what I'm trying to figure I don't know what the hell's going on. Well, I, I can help you. I can educate you on <laughs> All that. Right. Yeah. What an endorsement. We're picking lacrosse tonight. I don't know what the hell's going on. I got a tip. I got a tip. That's all I can say. It's like the horse I bet this weekend finished eighth. It's another story. I don't want to get into that. It's a long story. <laughs> Bad thing. Boy, you are you are a mark you are a marketing genius right now on the way you're selling yourself. Hell yeah! It is Carly versus Joe, ESPN Radio. Woj and Ramona Shelburne dropped a bomb on us this morning. They talked about the Warriors calling the Lakers about LeBron James prior to the deadline. Would Adam Silver have approved that? You will hear the answer from the commissioner next. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel eighty. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. If you haven't heard the story today that Woj and Ramona Shelburne dropped this morning, it's it's crazy. It's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. In the 24 hours or so, in a 24-hour period leading up to the NBA trade deadline uh, that included a discussion between owners, the Lakers and the Warriors did have a discussion regarding the situation with uh, regarding um, trading LeBron James to the Warriors. Now, the Warriors initiated the discussion. The Lakers said, we don't want to trade him, but you know what? You can talk to Rich Paul. You can talk to them and see where, you know, LeBron's head is at with it. Now, LeBron turned it down, but they wanted to put LeBron together with Steph Curry. And it would have been absolutely nuts to see that because that would have been an incredible down-the-stretch part of the season in playoffs. Correct? Correct. So, having said that, earlier today, Adam Silver, the commissioner, of course, was on the Pat McAfee show. He was in Indianapolis in studio with those guys because, of course, the uh, All-Star break this weekend and the All-Star game. 
and uh, shared his thoughts on not just the Warriors trying to make that deal, but also whether or not he would have approved it. I have no other knowledge other than I read that there was those <laughs> yeah. discussions. So who knows? But, oh, to say they don't they don't run that by like LeBron no. going to the Golden State Warriors. That they, feels it like only something. it only comes to the league office if they actually have a proposed trade. Then we have to approve it. But for as I just read the reports that if owners are talking to each other about possible moves or GMs, absolutely not. They, and, and in fact. If they, they're laughing to hear me say this. They don't trust the league office. <laughs> if they're thinking about something like that, we're the last people they're going to tell until they have to. Would you approve that trade? If a trade was in, is within the rules, it's within the rules. And I don't think you would want, back to my point before about the sort of rule of law around sports, I don't think people would want me sitting here saying, I don't think that's good for the league. That could, so, so you would approve that? If it, were, if it fit under the rules, I would have to. And... I mean, when you think about that, the the overall thought of LeBron playing with Steph Curry uh, against a loaded West, that is good for the league. And I know you would rather have that happen in L.A. than Golden State, but not by much. It is phenomenal for the league. You yeah. make that trade leading into Super Bowl weekend, you're going to steal a good portion of the spotlight away from the NFL. You're not going to take all of it. It's the Super yeah. Bowl. It's Travis Kelsey you know and Taylor Swift. But LeBron James, they, they were debating this on first take yesterday. Yeah. The idea of who's more box office. Is Patrick Mahomes the most box office athlete right now? And they said, no, it's still LeBron James. LeBron James gets traded to join Steph Curry three, four days before the Super Bowl. That's a story right there. Think about that for a second. In the grand scheme, remember back on Christmas when the NFL's playing on Christmas Day? And it's screwing up the ratings for the NBA. Two years in a row they've done that. They got their clocks cleaned. Don't tell me Adam Silver wouldn't enjoy that. Oh, you would have loved to have done that. Loved to have done it. Now, the NFL still would have watched the Super Bowl create massive ratings based on what happened with the but game the itself, the participants. Up to it, yeah. The anticipation leading up to it. Like, all of a sudden, you've got all of these media outlets that are not talking about the game for 48 hours leading up to the game. No, we would have had a real test of LeBron versus uh, Patrick Mahomes there. Real test. I mean, the idea that he gets traded, he's never been traded he controls the destiny, and obviously he would have had to approve the trade, but think about it. He left Cleveland after the season to pursue South Beach. He won titles there. He goes back to Cleveland to deliver a title. He then decides my work here is done. He goes to L.A. for a higher quality of life, wants to win with the Lakers, but he's always dictated at the end of the season. Never has he left his team hanging midway through the year to join a guy like Steph Curry after Kevin Durant did it, and everyone went after Durant for years to this day, saying, well, Durant needed to join the Warriors to win a title because they won a title before he showed up, and they damn sure won a title after he left. It was them who delivered him the title, not the other way around. Like For something like that to happen, that would have been earth-shattering. Oh, my God. I mean, I am glad. Silver should have forced it through. Not It's not about whether or not you approve it. He should have called both of them up and said, look, you two, <laughs> stop screwing around. Figure okay? it out. Make it happen. It's approved <laughs> by any means necessary. I, I honestly, it, it, while it would have been great for the league, I'm kind of happy it didn't happen in the bigger scheme. No, it, it would, you, you wish you would have seen it. You would have loved this. You would I, have loved I would have this. loved it. I, I would... It, it would not have helped me at all, as you have kind of outlined. I am one of those guys that very much would have looked sideways at this championship for LeBron. Sure. But very it would have been great to watch because right now we have a busted-up aging Warriors team that's not going to run deep. We have a busted-up aging Lakers team that's not going to run deep. Take the good parts from those two teams, combine them together, send one of them out there. It would have been fantastic to watch. You're telling me LeBron, Steph, 
Draymond and Clay going up against Durant, Bradley Beal, and Devin Booker in the playoffs wouldn't have been awesome to watch. All that star power on the court at the same time, and Chris Paul. That was more really tongue in cheek. Really, he's been a bit banged up, and he's he's aging, but he's had a hell of a career. And Yusuf Nurkic. <laughs> Chris Paul would have been the only thing to keep him from getting a championship. Right. Paul was apparently involved, though. Like, Draymond texted Chris Paul and tried to get him involved in the recruitment. Draymond was involved in the LeBron recruitment. Uh, Chris Paul, he tried to get him involved. They're all boys. The the Banana Boat crew? Yeah. Camarillo in there? Bring it back. Yeah. Banana Boat, there's a lot of water in the Bay Area to ride a Banana Boat. It's Carla versus Joey, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. Can't wait to get the take of one of our experts on what this would have been like if it had gone down. It's coming right after I have this from our friends at Indeed. And you know it's the perfect time, Joe, to gear up and connect quality candidates. And there's no better way to do that than through Indeed. The hiring platform that makes it easy to attract, screen, and interview candidates all in the same place. Their interview tool helps you schedule and conduct video interviews right from your employer dashboard. So you're not running around trying to set up Zooms all over the place. No, you're doing it in one place. You're making it easy on yourself and on everybody involved. Nick's the hassle. Start hiring indeed.com slash credit. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. NBA All-Star Weekend on ESPN Radio. From the rising stars on Friday night to All-Star Saturday night, including the Skills Challenge to three-point and slam dunk contest. Then on Sunday, the 73rd NBA All-Star Game, the NBA's All-Star Weekend. This weekend on ESPN Radio, presented by Indeed. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. It is all happening All-Star Weekend. This guy has won the three-point shootout. He is Tim Legler, ESPN NBA analyst, who joins us. It's Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio. Legs, let's just start here with the story this morning from Woj and Ramona 
about the possibility, not the possibility, but the fact that the Warriors did call the Lakers and for 24 hours had some discussions around pairing LeBron together with uh, Steph Curry before it was ultimately shot down by LeBron and the Lakers. Uh, What was your reaction to seeing that story? Well, I tell you, you would think by now, man, after 23 years of covering the league, I, I would not be surprised by anything that I hear, particularly when it relates to star players uh, pairing up with other star players to try to uh, ensure their path to a championship. Um, so, I, I, But I, yet I was. I was shocked to hear it. I really was. But yet not necessarily that LeBron's name you know, is kind of out there because LeBron does things to bring this on himself. And you saw like the way he acted at the Garden with the Knicks towel and, and the cryptic, you know, hourglass emoji that he sent out. You know, that's all orchestrated to create doubt and thought in people's minds about LeBron, possibly, you know, his time in L.A. being on the clock and getting out. So I'm not a shock that, that his name would come up, but I'm surprised about that particular pairing. That, that, that's, that caught me a little bit off guard. Legs, how do you envision his offseason going with that player option? That's a great question. I mean, look, he did so much to orchestrate his move to L.A. in the way that he has sort of embedded himself um, in Hollywood and, and, like, what he wants the future to look like for him. Um, and I just think that a lot of it had to do with, with playing in that market and playing for that franchise. I don't know if he's at the point where he sees you know, the ability to win in the near future gone. Um, it's possible he could look at it that way with the landscape in the Western Conference, and there's just a lot of teams that are more talented and a lot younger. And I just maybe he thinks that you know the path to that might be too difficult in LA, and, and you know he still wants to try to add to his legacy and get another ring. I, I wish I could read his mind because I think there's a lot of truth in everything I just said. But the one thing we don't know how important is that to LeBron at this point? Is it? Is it be-all or end-all to try to get another ring? I'm not sure. Some of the comments that you read about LeBron, he's very comfortable with where he is going to be cemented historically. I don't think LeBron feels there's anything he can do, anything he can do to close the gap in in most people's minds between he and Michael Jordan. I, I think that he feels like, you know, he's comfortable at night at this point. He wasn't always, but I think he's comfortable at night when he goes to sleep with what he has done in his career, that he's comfortable with who he is and what he's accomplished, and he's given all he has to it, and there's just nothing he can do to erase that gap. Um, so if that's the case, and he's just really comfortable, his family's comfortable, like he likes where he's at, he likes the franchise, likes where he lives, I'm not sure that it eats and gnaws at him on a daily basis you know, to get another ring that would precipitate him moving on and playing somewhere else with another star. I could be wrong about that, but he tries to portray that. I'm kind of taking him at his word. He seems more comfortable in his own skin and with, and with who he is and how he's going to be regarded historically. He's going to have the all-time scoring record. He's been to 10 finals. He's got four rings. I don't think that he believes there's anything he can do to, to close that final gap with Jordan. And if, if he thought there was, I'd feel differently about maybe his desire to leave. Tim Legler, ESPN NBA analyst with us. Uh, Warriors Clippers tonight. We already know no Kawhi. You know, the Warriors have won five in a row. I think a lot of us, you know, maybe erroneously left them for dead. What is your read on Golden State right now? What do they have in them down the stretch here, Tim? Yeah, I guess I was like the one guy I still kind of left that, like, I, not left for dead, but I, I hadn't quite pulled the sheet over them yet. But, like, I'm looking at it, you know, I'm kind of checking yeah. the pulse. 
every every now and then, you know, I'm thinking about it. But there's one reason why I haven't, I hadn't gone there. It's because of how good Steph Curry still looks, and the the the, the improved quality of consistency of production out of Jonathan Kaminga. That is what I was, you know, thinking about since the day I saw him in summer league in Vegas. Like this guy potentially one day has All Star caliber athletic ability, and if he puts it together with work ethic and his, his, you know, his IQ for the game and just his desire to be great. I think it's in there. And, and, you know, we, we kind of, some people gave up on him too soon. He's only 21 years old. He'll be 21 all season. So it's like, you know, I was one of those people like waiting, getting impatient as well, but still thought it was in there. I've seen that out of him now for the last four to six weeks. Like he he has arrived. There's something different about Jonathan Kaminga right now. Um, that is helping certainly to supplement what they're not getting from Clay Thompson and Andrew Wiggins on a nightly basis. So I didn't hadn't quite put it to bed yet. There's no doubt they're playing better, and and a lot of it has to do with Kaminga. I think Podzimski, the the rookie, has, has been a huge bonus because he's just a winner. He has helped them getting Draymond back from the suspension has helped them. There's no doubt his impact on winning. Wiggins is starting to play better. It's not as consistent. It's not the Wiggins that they got when they won the championship couple years ago but he's trending in that direction the one guy still that you know every now and then have have a splashy game but for the most part it just has not found himself as clay thompson i don't know if that's going to turn around at this point or not but there's a lot of things in place right now that are better than they were six weeks ago and that's why i think the warriors are still one of the most intriguing teams in the western conference i don't know what that's ultimately going to mean is that going to mean a play-in situation maybe they get out of the play-in and then they have to play a team like Denver or, or the Clippers in the first round. They'll probably go home if that's the case. If they get a team like Minnesota, they get a team like Oklahoma City, who I think are really good teams, but they have a lot still to go through collectively in the postseason. There's no winning together as a group that either of those franchises um, have gone through. Then you know, maybe they feel like they'd have a puncher's chance against an inexperienced playoff team like those two teams. But ultimately, I don't know that they can win a title but I do think that they're going to have something to say about it before it's all said and done based on what I'm seeing here recently. Legs, we got a little bit of time left, but we wanted to ask you, we're having trouble figuring this out. Jason Tatum is the best player on the best team in the NBA. He's putting up big numbers. He's fantastic at what he does. And yet he's 100-1 to to win the MVP. And when we talk about MVPs, his name never comes up. Why is that? Yeah, it's silly at this point. Um, It's almost as if, he was kind of in the MVP pipeline for a while there, but wasn't able to quite win it, and his team wasn't able to break through and win a championship where he'd be regarded differently right now in this race. I think the main reason he's not getting the attention some other guys are, it's almost as if people look at the Celtics now and saying they've given him almost too much help to regard him as the MVP, honestly. They, they have the best team in the NBA right now. And you look at that starting five, his best starting five in basketball. If you want to make an argument with Denver, we, we can debate that. I'm just talking about top to bottom, across the board, talent at the five spots and the versatility of the five spots. They've got the best starting five in basketball. You go get Porzingis, you go get Drew Holiday. Um, you know, you still have Jalen Brown there. I just think it's almost like they look at it like, well, he's got so much now that it doesn't matter he's got the best record in the league. And he's, the people are looking at other guys that maybe have to carry a heavier burden every night to keep their teams in contention. That's why Jokic is still going to be mentioned. Giannis is going to be mentioned with the team success. I think Embiid was going to win the award until he got hurt. It did open it up. 
Shea Gilgis-Alexander right now is getting more attention because of Oklahoma City, and they just look at those teams and say, those guys have to just do so much more on a given night offensively uh, to be able to generate what you need to to get to a certain number to win. Jason Tatum, I just don't feel like they regard him in that light because of the amount of help that he has. So, you know, I don't think they're going to go as far as to say he'll never win one, but it does feel weird. I agree. I bring this question up at least once every couple of weeks. Like, why are we not talking about Jason Tatum at all anymore, despite the fact he's the best record in the league and he's still in that age bracket where most guys win their first one? Doesn't make a lot of sense to me either. I'm just trying to explain it away. You know, Legs and I are doing Celtics Knicks together a week from Saturday, Joe. Looking forward to that. How about that? Radio. I hey, I can't wait, man. I haven't been in the garden like in, in a couple of years, like since this like renewed energy is there. I'm really looking forward to that environment and particularly against the Celtics and looking forward to working with you. So I, I, I can't wait, man. I'm stoked. Well, I think Joe will tell you this is basically give me the ball and clear out. Yeah. <laughs> That is not that is not the strategy, Legler. That is not the strategy that any of us want to hear. We're looking forward hey, listen, to it, man. Listen, I know I know my role. I've called enough TV and radio over the years. Uh, I know my role, man. I shut up until I shut up as soon as the ball crosses half court, man. It's all you. So it's on radio. It's a little different deal. Yeah, this is the Carlin Show. Sit back and enjoy it. <laughs> God, we'll see God. you then, brother. Check. Thanks, Legs. All right, sounds good. Jim Legler, ESPN NBA analyst, Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. I'll tell you one thing, Legs is going to get himself yanked right off that that game. Oh, he's, he's, no he's, he's, like, he's calling his agent right now. He's, he's thinking one of two things. A, did I lose a bet that I'm paying off right now and I don't know it? <laughs> or B, he's calling his agent to say, Am I on the way out? Because <laughs> they got me working with this guy. Is this how it ends? <laughs> I am the last face you see. <laughs> One NFL team needs to just stop talking right now. But will they? It's next. Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio, including the iHeartRadio app. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at Shopify.com/network. All lowercase. Go to Shopify.com/network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify.com/network. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com.
You defer? I don't know why he's trying to twist himself into a presser talking about the third possession. Bruh, put your defense on the field, let them go to work, and then you have an opportunity to respond. What happens is you give the other team another down. Right when they took it, I said, you're giving Mahomes four downs, and you have no shot. You know, I don't care how tired the defense is. Wanting the ball third doesn't pass the smell test. Saying that you want it third makes me feel like Kyle Shanahan panicked in that moment. That logic doesn't make sense. And we've gotten some numbers to almost support that. It's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. The 49ers were still talking about this yesterday. Let's just quickly hear from Kyle Shanahan, his explanation two and a half, three days later, as to why they opted to take the football first going into overtime of the Super Bowl. We did say, and we told everyone as we were waiting for the coin toss, hey, review everyone with them, make sure they're sure before we go out. So we asked the position coach to do that, but no, I didn't cover it in a meeting on the Super Bowl week. I don't think that changes anything. Um, we did it with our analytics department. We decided that going into the playoffs. What, you know, I think you guys know how I've explained how I make decisions with that stuff in the past. I take all the information I can get. Um, especially ones I haven't been in. And um, our analytics felt that was the best way to go. But as you guys know, I don't always just go with that. Uh, I take into account what they say, what they think is right. And then I go off my gut in the heat of battle. And I knew what they felt going into it. And when I think about that during the moments I have to make the decision, I think the type of game it was did match what they felt was the best way to do. It did seem more like a field goal game. Um, and our defense had been out there for a real long time right before that. So uh, it was no, I didn't feel at all to override that at the time. So, you know, we told our position coaches to tell everybody to know what the rules were in, in the moment. We didn't go over it during the week, which is exactly what we knew. And then secondly, as he's talking about all the analytics stuff, here, here's the breakdown without getting too far into the weeds because we've asked, this is from ESPN Analytics, okay? The decision to take the first or the second possession is almost equal. It's about 50.2% of the time the first possession team won the game. So the analytics there, half the time, like that doesn't really dictate if you take it first, you're going to win. You're going to take it second, you're going to win. But it is very clear that taking it third makes almost zero sense because the only way you're definitively getting it third is if it's just field goals across the board. If you score a touchdown, the team that has to try to come back to get back into it is almost certainly going for two, Joe, because they want to take away that decision from the team. Exactly. Exactly. That's it. The idea of going third didn't apply in this game because you you chose to kick the field goal, thus allowing Kansas City an opportunity to score a touchdown and win. And had you kicked it, had you scored a touchdown, it's likely you're kicking the extra point there, which then means Kansas City can operate with the mindset of if we score a touchdown, let's go for two. Because if the analytics say having the ball third is such an advantage, we're going to take that advantage away by yep. trying to win the game on the final play with the two point conversion. I don't think enough is being made of that. I agree. And, and what really bothers me in the whole thing, take all of the numbers out of it. Analytics are about information, right? Wouldn't you rather have the most information 
to make the decision yourself as opposed to handing the decision to the other team. That's what it comes down to. That's what the whole thing comes down to is by taking that ball first, you're now thinking to yourself, all right, we're going to drive down the field. Are you going to play aggressive and play for a touchdown? Well, no, because if you come away with nothing, then a field goal beats you. But you really don't know because you don't know how they're going to play out. So then you come down the field and he decides to kick that field goal rather than play for a TD. And now Andy Reid and the Chiefs are sitting there saying, okay, here we go. A touchdown wins the game. We know that definitively. A field goal ties the game and goes to a third overtime or a third possession. We know that definitively. And if we don't score at all, we lose. So first thing we're all deciding, we are not punting. We are going to come out and we're going to play on fourth down. And that means instead of needing 3.3 yards per play like San Francisco needed, the Chiefs only needed 2.5 yards per play for a first down, which is exactly how they operated. They converted a fourth down, and in that fourth down, you'll notice it was fourth and short because on third down, they were playing to make sure they set that up. They had all the information they needed to make great decisions to put themselves in a situation to win. Here's the other this thing idea that- of going first and kicking a field goal, yeah. I don't think anyone will ever do that ever again unless it's the Ray Lewis-led Ravens against the 85 Bears in the game 0-0. It, it, the, ultimately, what this says to me is that when I hear anybody who has supported the decision, they have all said, well, I got to tell my team too, that if we are going to go first, we are going for it on fourth downs. Like, they have all said the same thing. So not once but twice, Kyle Shanahan screwed it up. I appreciate the fact that he has addressed this multiple times now. He hasn't run from it, but the the answers, they're just not solid answers. They're disorganized. You have players who have clearly said they didn't know the rules, which means if Shanahan instructed his positional coaches to tell the players before overtime started, the running back coach didn't do it because Juszczyk was unaware, and Eric, the defensive line coach didn't do it because Eric Armstead was unaware, and both guys admitted as much after the game. I really don't... I, I don't want to do any more math. Like, seriously, I'm just not the brightest bulb on the tree. You don't have to. You really don't have to. It's not that complex to understand this stuff. It really isn't. It That's why you outsource it. You outsource it to an analytics department, which either the Niners analytics department failed or Shanahan didn't listen to them. Here's what we've done here. We've confirmed what we already knew, that I'm pretty stupid. Thanks for listening to the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Carlin versus Joe weekdays from noon to 3 Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch and listen on the ESPN app. The Carlin versus Joe podcast.